silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books Christmas Edition. Uh, I am your host today, AJ Falleri, and with me, uh, it, you got to keep going. I don't know. I know more of the lyrics. Um, <laughs> it's okay, Christmas time <laughs> in the city. Uh, and with me today Still. is uh, my good pal, Josh Baker. Ring-a-ling, yeah. hear them ring. And also with me Soon is resident jukebox, Christmas Pete Day. Bond. Hello, Pete. How's it going? Hello. Um, city sidewalks, city sidewalks. I hope you all have Dressed your holiday smile style. Dressed in holiday smile. I like that. It's very uh, chipper. It's very uh, uh, cheerful. Uh, unfortunately, uh, due to the metropolitan uh, infrastructure of New York City, India is not with us currently, but there's a chance maybe she'll pop in later in the episode. Is Silverbell's public I'm, domain? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> here's your answer. That's uh, parody. You know, it's uh, parody. Yeah, <laughs> parody I said smiles. Um, um, actually, if we let's just talk about the history of silver bells really quick, so it's fair use. Uh, okay, smart, <laughs> smart. Welcome to Temporary Books. Yeah, it's I'm, obviously a Malazan read through podcast. Uh, we're delighted to have you here. What were you about to say, Pete? I'm dying for India to show up. It's about I would say, but I have to say, I think we should put forward. We formally uh, retire that joke, AJ. Um, I know uh, it's something I've done all the time where you're like, obviously, this is a Malazan podcast, you know, oh. and in the words of you, um, oh, that's hack. And I don't want to. I did not say that. You said that to me on a call this week. OK. And then you said that's a great idea and said it back to me. Um, so songwriter Ray Evans originally had written it as Tinkle Bells. And then his <laughs> wife was like, hey, that means piss. And tinkle bells uh, he had to, he didn't think about that. So he had to change it to Silver Bells. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good call. What was the wife's name? Uh, it doesn't say because Jesus. sexism, baby. Thank you. Thank you, wife, because holy shit. But I don't know. Also, thank you, wife. I do kind of wish it was Tinkle Bells. Um, Tinkle Bells. bells. Like, isn't that? <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry to those of you who do not celebrate the holiday season. So, Josh, AJ's like, oh, my cat, my new cat's name is Persephone. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, is that Persephone? spelled with r's and aj looked at me dead in the eyes and said that's hack none of that i mean some of that happened but okay. you said it was hack and and we were not looking at each other okay uh, yes aj avoids my eye contact <laughs> i remember vividly we were facing away from each other actually uh, uh ray evans wife's name is win w-y-n hey that's a that's a win um, for win josh that's hey aj that's hack <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Google historian Josh Baker over here. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's as good a cold open as any, right? Or Pete, did you have something else to input? Well, we'll see how much of this ends up on the show. Most of um, it. Yeah, that is something I say a lot, and you almost keep... I'm always like, AJ's going to cut it out. You never no. do. Unless you, you never... explicitly ask me to cut it out, I'm not going to cut it out. Because I think it's funnier to be like, surely that will get cut down. Yes. Um, well, India mentioned she'll be home soon, so uh, perhaps oh, she'll she? be joining us. Do we just do we just stretch the intro? Until Part of me was like, are we going to do a really what long group intro? Is she, what group is she texting that I keep not seeing this? Well, there's 
yeah. she likes to iMessage, so she created a oh separate chat. But it's also it's also on MTA. Frequently, you can only get Wi-Fi and not actual cell service. Mm. So that's yeah. her excuse, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I just don't think she likes the green bubble. That's fair. Josh, that's a very common complaint that I just do not understand. 100% yeah. do not get it at all. Crapple, am I right? Um, Let's get into the chapters for Dust of Dreams. Ch chap chapels. Chap, chap. No. Yeah. Right, take it again. Take it again. Chapels. Chat. Okay. Here we go. Chap, chapel. Go to the chapel. Wow. There you go. Great. Chapter 13. Silchus Ruin speaks to Rhoda Lal of Draconis's demise, the refugium, and Rudd's true name, Ryad Elase, or Hands of Fire. Silchus says they must go meet Koraba, the Otateral dragon. Sandalith, Dracorlat, and Withel, along with their Nox, give chase to the Sheik, only to find that they have escaped. Sandalith talks of Andy blood, and the couple continue through the gate Yontovis has opened. Withel's horse is immediately decapitated, covering Withel in blood. But before the attacker can finish the job, the three Nox transform into massive beasts and beat the Forkrill assail that attacked them into a fine paste. Sandalith speaks of the Jaghut chaining Soltaken and Divers, and suggests they confirm the death of the Sheikh and get out of there. She is worried about Namander and the others, and Withel tells her not to worry. Badal thinks of the Fallen and who tells their stories and how adults have no room in their heads for a suffering column of dying children, nor the heroes among them. She thinks about how she could make these fallen into a book, 10,000 pages long. Calith dreams about death and finds Whiskey Jack, Mallet, and Cage sitting around a fire. Whiskey Jack tells her they're waiting for the world to catch up and that they have been posted to Hood's Gate in the Reaper's absence. He tells the Destriant to call for them when no other choices remain and that she will have to lead the Kachain Shamal soon. Kalith wakes from her dreams and sees that Kor Thurin has died defending them and that Garul is missing. Sogchirak thinks that the time of the Kachain Chamal has come to an end when he senses an approaching enemy. Kalith beckons the bridge burners only to come face to face with 14 dead Jaghut warriors. Sagchirak stays and watches the Jaghut fight and laugh. He thinks he will never forget that laughter. Sin kills a Kachain, and Grub thinks something is wrong. They talk of Duiker, Kalam, and what has made them. In the underground city, Sulkit, the drone, sees the ghost of Icarium. Icarium thinks of his body, his life, and blinking. 
Okay, baby, it's chapter 13. I just remembered I wasn't on the last episode. Uh, rest in peace, Tool, you're a real one. Um, this chapter... You're kind, of t- you're kind of tuning back into the content. You're, <laughs> your brain's of... on. We're thinking Malazan now. The brain, My brain is on. I am, Yeah, I'm, I'm nice and warmed up. I don't know if you heard the, the engine kind of like... <laughs> come on in the middle of that uh, chapter summary, but... Uh, Sandalith Dracorla. <laughs> and then I started flawlessly speaking uh, some made up language in the the books that I am for some reason unable to come up with. Are there any languages that we have like come across in these books? Um, thankfully, uh, not that I know of. Yeah. I mean, it's always alluded to that there are these different languages, but. But we're never like Melon, you know, we're never. No, I don't. I don't friend. really. Rec- I feel like usually they're like, oh, the bloody blah's tongue, or like, you know, yeah. I like they'll reference language, but I don't actually remember him naming them. I don't know. I yeah. could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I sure, mean, I'm sure there's an exception. There's so many fucking words. So yeah, I mean, I am kind of about to prove you totally wrong because this first section, uh, uh, Siltris ruins like, oh, your real name actually is Ryad Elise, which means hands of fire. So like that is that okay, is another language. But but does he go actually? We call this the blank tongue. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Which is really my point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got gotcha. you. Hands of fire. Hands of Pretty fire. Cool name, Josh. What do you think about? What do you think about Rudd's, like, I don't know, apparently Menendor, like, knew that Rudd was going to have to save the Refugium by leaving it, and also that maybe he's kind of dangerous, but also powerful, and X, Y. I just think it was was just really bold of the writers of God of War, the remake, and God of War Ragnarok to just, like, read Malazan and just rip it off. I mean, you know, they waited till book nine to, like, find the plot line they wanted to use. Wait, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, we, you know... We see a giant. Have you not played the new God of War games? I haven't played Ragnarok. I played 2018. Oh my God. I mean, Atreus was just like created to be the prophecy <laughs> child who's just going to like save the giants. And I mean, what's Rudd doing spoilers, if not Spoilers, Josh. Spoilers. Uh, dude, I, that's not, that's from the first remake. All right. Yeah, it's only four years ago. Anyway, uh, <laughs> That's all I got. Sorry, I just beat the game like two days ago. It's still in my mind a lot. Oh, hey, congrats. Wait, 2018 or Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Nice, congrats. Also, congrats, gamer. <laughs> <laughs> also, we get a reference to the Otateral Dragon. Hell yeah. Uh, that has a name. Mm-hmm. So that's thrilling. Car- yeah, Carabas. When you Car- hear your family. You Carabas. <laughs> is that when you hear your family? Is that what it is? No, that's Olive Garden. Okay, I- but Carabas does have one that's like, what? we're fucking yeah. Italian. Okay, like, what? that's yeah. okay. Oh, that spelling. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Motto. <laughs> um. Their slogan is Non se amor più sincero de quello del cibo. <laughs> Great. According to a 2002 article. Uh, uh, yeah. Josh, I'm going to guess that's exactly how you pronounce it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is no love more than more sincere than the love of food. There you go. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> Pete, you're always really hot on the shake stuff, understandably. Yes. Um, what are your feelings about this Sandalith Withel storyline mm. intersecting with the Shake stuff? Were you surprised that they were the ones that shot the Suns or whatever? Or um, something? I, I definitely remember being surprised that the storyline kept going. Um, I, I feel like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. I feel like they that they I do group them into these buckets of you know I feel like you know when some characters get introduced that oh like. Oh, they're on the screen. They're a big, you know, this is going to be a big thing. Yeah. And I kind of thought their storyline was going to end at Midnight Tides, but um, it doesn't, obviously. 
And um, I, I enjoy them in this book, and I actually think they're kind of fun, and I kind of like them as a couple, is my uh, official opinion. Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you think about this kind of, like, I think, dynamic between them currently? I, I don't know. What What do you think about it? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it... it I don't, I don't know. I was, like, kind of a little weirded out by it, I guess. Um, not weirded out. It's just, like, why is she being so mean to him for no reason? Mm. Um, but I did appreciate him standing up for himself. I thought that was nice. But I just, like, couldn't... I guess I just don't know, understand why she's so on edge, mm. you know, I guess because she's worried about her kids. Is that is that what the conclusion? Well, I mean, I, she also got like the, you know, the weird fortune telling stuff from the deck of dragons ring where she's like queen of darkness or whatever. Oh, yeah, they were there. Or she so, was there. That's and right. I imagine that like, you know, and Amanda Rake is the has been the, the lord or king of darkness mm-hmm. for ages. And so like. Now they're being a queen. She might be worried that something's happened or had gone wrong, which, spoiler alert, she's right. <laughs> yeah. So. Interesting. Josh, do you think you would have a, a connection to humanity if you were a ghost for 2,000 years and then brought back to life? Mm. Like, do you think you would still think of yourself as a human? Look, man, I don't like other people already. <laughs> and uh, I've only been here for 28 years. So <laughs> I don't think I don't think those 2,000 would be kind to me. Mm. Um, Pete, what do you think? You look pretty pensive about that. Yeah, I'm really thinking. I don't know. I feel torn. I feel like there's a chance that actually you like are filled with love, you know? Um, yeah. And you're kind of admiring um, life and the richness in it. But also, obviously, I think there's a chance you kind of become a crazy, uh, insane, mad, mad. Well, there's definitely a world where you become a mad person, right? Yeah, 100%. But I, it, I know it's interesting, too, not to interject real quick, is to think of it from her perspective, too, of not only did she go through that, but now she is also, again, immortal. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, she's really, she's been in it for the long haul. How We don't even know how long she was alive before the 2,000 years she spent as a fucking ghost. Right. Yeah. Well, and then to come back and then, like, find someone you love, but then to be told, like, no, actually, you're going to be in charge of your people now. Yeah. Uh, that's do we think be, she loves Withel, or do you think she just sort of appreciates him and his company and finds an affection there? Because mm. you know, you can only she she. I think they even get in her head, and they're or, I don't know. They talk about how like he gonna die. You know. Yeah. I think I think there's love to be found in this in this kind of affection. You know. I I don't know if it's like a traditional kind of like you know whatever head over heels in love or whatever you want to categorize it as but i think there definitely is you know kind of a a tenderness and appreciation of each other in there and even in these scenes when she's being mean to withal he's like why are you like he is confused by that because you know she has treated him not like this the entire time they've been together and i think we see in either last book or reaper's gale when they're together and it is like really like they do love each other Kind of. I think there is a scene of them in their bedroom or something, which yeah. I appreciate. I, I most I agree with almost everything AJ said. I, I've uh, I do feel like there's a type of intimacy, um, yeah. kind of a casual intimacy in the relationship mm. that I read. But um, you know, it, I don't know. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, my two cents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh, I gotta ask what you think about these knocks becoming huge monsters it's really good and, it's, and that being the whole setup for, for the last five books it's i mean it's really <laughs> really good yeah because um, i don't i've hated them for so long mm-hmm. and now they're I, they're my boys now i love them <laughs> i've always loved them uh they're just big dumb demon boys who've been noxed and it's very good um yeah. how and why who cares who you cares? know i've stopped asking those questions 
here's the thing about the Nox I want to mention. And I mm. think uh, it reminds me of one of my favorite characters, Ursta Hubut and Pinasol. Oh, um, God about Ursta Hubut. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Where part of me is like, part of me just, my gut's telling me it started as just a bit. Mm. You know, yeah. my gut's telling me this was just a bit. And then we, it, we like, you know, Erickson kind of ran with it and spun it into a much larger thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm very pro, but it's, uh, or maybe that's just the experience of being the reader. Um, but I always find those things very funny. So I don't know. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I could see the idea of like, let's give them these silly little monsters that follow them around being the starting point. But then before writing, you know, midnight tides or whatever are already knowing they're going to turn into these huge monsters, but like coming up with the ar- initial idea being like, they're going to be dumb, annoying monsters. It's going to be really funny. Uh, but we've we've talked, Steve, you know, several times now. I mean, this this pegs me as like classic Steve. Well, I've written them into a situation. What's the most? What's the logical way I'm to get sure. them out? Oh, yeah. the Knox were demons all along, and now that they're back in their home realm, sure. All right. We, we, okay. What, AJ? Well, I was just gonna say, I feel like having them connected to the Jag Hut though is like, I don't know, ties them deeper to, uh, or, or gives them like a deeper lore Mm -hmm. to me than just like well this is just what makes sense for this situation i feel like this had this had to have had forethought you know all right can i somewhat drive us off a cliff for a minute sure Um, baby knocked uh, knocked style smash our show into bits yeah i'm not i'm knocked and loaded baby (laughs) it was really good it's really good whoa all i'm gonna say is um we're we're here on the show, and mm-hmm. some part of me is like, "Am I not going to share this? Is this too niche of a thought? Who cares?" But no, we're on the Malzan show. I'm going to share yeah. it. Yeah. So I do feel like sometimes, not that I care. I just want to say up front, I don't care. Okay? <laughs> okay. That's my main main takeaway. Good start. <laughs> However, <laughs> I think there's a lot of like, oh, actually, every word and every single thought and mm. everything was so carefully considered, and it's all part of this master web, is I think a story some people like to tell about pieces of art that they want to seem great or masterpieces or whatever. And certainly that language is used around this series sometimes, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that be everything being super carefully considered is an important value or something that makes everything more intentional and adds some sort of depth. Um, sure, maybe you feel this way. And I feel like people talk about Malazan sometimes this way. However, I think we all know through, I don't, you know, I know death of the author, I guess. But, you know, Steve's, you know, through interviewing, through not only our interviews with him, but other interviews, it's clear that he just follows some storylines and goes organically into different places, you know? Mm-hmm. And I personally enjoy doing that when I'm doing storytelling, but, you know... I guess he does too. I think many people do. You know, I think mm. there's these various approaches and mm. I feel very frustrated because I don't think they go against each other. No. Like they go against each other in what like the story of writing the book or film was. But I don't I don't know. I've just I'm not I'm not all in on this. So I don't know. This is just a I, I didn't land the stick the landing of the conclusion. But this is yeah. a, just a frustration I have. And sure. wh- what was the Knox story? You know, I don't care. But it's I had a good time, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I get what you're saying. I, and I think um, with with this series in specific, it's like the world is really considered and known. And like Steve and Cam, like know everything about the world. And they so therefore they 
can like come up with a thought like, oh, the Nox are actually demons who were conscripted, whatever, uh, or created by the Jaghead, whatever the, the, the lore is. Like they can come up with that stuff kind of on the fly, but have it make sense because they know their world so well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where some of this stuff comes from, because like we have also talked to Steven and asked, like, do you storyboard stuff out? And I'm pretty sure he said that he doesn't. No, he um, just sits and writes. Right. He just sits and writes and knows the big story that beats he wants to hit. So everything in between that, you know, I think is just by virtue of him knowing the world that he's created. So like having such a firm grasp on it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, you know, a- another really admirable thing uh, uh, about the series. Not to say that it's better or worse than storyboarding out your your thoughts and stuff. But yeah, and that I think that's what I feel frustrated with this idea that like, everything needs to be whatever way i I don't know Mm. it feels like it's going against the idea of organically like you know Mm. someone organically doing something creative that yeah i don't know i just whatever man i I, i'm sorry to just sorry i'm i drove the show off the cliff i just no i think it's i think it's a good thought and i i think it was you know plus you warned us so yes thank you for warning us yeah i had my seatbelt on but no i think it's a it's a conversation that that these or this series warrants having and i think it's you know it's really just kind of a matter of time at this point that we have that kind of conversation. And I, you know, I think now is as good a time as any uh, to get those thoughts out there. Josh, do you have any feelings about it or? Nope. Okay. Speaking of telling stories, Pete, what did you feel about the Badal stuff? Talking about the stories of the fallen. Uh, and, and can I, can ooh, I, yeah. before you do, I, you know, it's not often you get to see someone look into the camera and like say the title of the movie you're watching, you know, mm-hmm. but for this character to be like, if only there was some way to tell these tales of the fallen in, in maybe a long, it would be like a long book, like 10,000 yeah. pages or so yeah. mass market <laughs> give paperback, take. give or take. Yeah. Yeah. How does that hit you? Well, I asked you. Well, what I mean by that to Josh oh, oh, oh. is... Like, does oh. that land as a joke to you or does that land as like them? Like, how, like, how, what are you reading? Sitting here now after AJ wrote these words, it's a joke. <laughs> when I was reading it, I made zero connections. I just read the words on the page. Hmm. Wild. So did not really put two and two together there. Mostly because whenever I get to those sections, I, I essentially skim it because it's so sad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a huge bummer. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I try to keep my life as few of, uh, you know, a few as bummers as possible. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I've been enjoying Dust of Dreams. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I think this stuff, kind of, this hit for me when I was reading it. I was because it's not the first time that we've talked about, you know, who are the fallen and who tells the stories of the fallen. I remember mm-hmm. vividly. Not vividly. I remember specifically bringing it up a few books ago when somebody had said it and being like, "Oh, the fallen aren't just dead soldiers. The fallen are." you know, everyone affected by this system or whatever is probably Midnight Tides. Yeah. I don't know. That feels like a yeah. Midnight Tides thought. But but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I liked it. And I think I think it's a good passage. It's well written. But what what did you make of this, Pete? Yeah, um, no, I mean, I, I enjoy this section as well. Um, unfortunately, I find all of this stuff very interesting. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't know. It just the it, the 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 vibe is so bleak. Um, mm. But I do find feel drawn to uh, Bedell and kind of I don't know the ch- there's something about that childish point of view, but it's obviously a very um I don't, I don't know the words bur- burden childhood you know mm. I don't know you know what I mean 
um, mm-hmm. that I do find compelling. So um, I enjoyed reading this section, and I usually yeah. um, these are not bummer sections for me to pick up. Yeah, the the thoughts are very like genuine, you know, kind yeah, of unfiltered. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is why I think the the lines being like, if only somebody would write a book of the fallen, which is why I think like I think it's just because it's a like a genuine thought that a kid would have yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. That it's like mm-hmm. that's why it doesn't hit like a joke in the moment. Yeah, um, because he has such a kind of um, sincere and straight. I don't know, genuine. I I shouldn't have tried to up one up you. You did great, AJ. <laughs> I I feel blown yeah. away. So yeah, wow, thanks. I was pretty blown away, man. I hate doing segues and I, and I like force myself to do them for some reason. And they're never like, f- I never have a fun time doing it. Anyone ever ridden a segue though? Any of you guys? Josh, no. you've, this is a joke. You got to retire. Have uh, I done this before? Josh, anytime I've ever mentioned a segue. You Wait, know? what's the rest of it? I need to know the rest. There, there isn't. I just, I actually, oh. this was just a curious question. I was wondering if either of you guys here, if you ever, Josh, ridden a segue. I, I just feel like something's, it pings in your head and you're like, I should bring it. I got to bring up segways. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Caleb word. has a dream. Caleb has a dream. Uh, one of those classic Malazan dream, not dreams where she runs into whiskey, Jack Mallet and cage is cages. Is cage a bridge burner. We know cage. No, this section rules. What's I up? Cage, baby? I believe, I believe cage says that he died in the mop wood. So that is correct. Uh, okay. Thank you. Um, Pete, what'd you love so much about this section? I don't know. Fucking rules, brother. What do you mean? It's like, you're there. We're in a, we're in the classic Malazan. What are, what are the rules zone? Um, and then (laughs) what, what's, where are we? And why are we here? No one actually knows in the scene. And who's that? A new character. And anyway, but, uh, this particular, uh, realm blast, you know, you have all your, all the bridge burners back. They're hanging out. And more importantly, it's just a good vibe. And it's like, Caleb's meeting them. I don't know. I, I I had a great time, and you can't take that away from me. No, yeah, I think it's great. You know, the boss called in six, so you so you send three of your supervisors to to do whatever the boss is doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're like, we can actually do this job better than him, uh, which I thought was was funny. But I I do think that you know I, I liked that line of like we still remember what it was like to be alive. So we're not, you know, whatever is the, is there an implication here, Josh? Did you, did you get the implication here that Kalith died and she was supposed to go through hood's gate and they were like, nah, no. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> no, sorry. No, you're fine. I, I just didn't know if it was like a, Oh, well we're in charge actually. So it's actually not your time. Head back, find your shield anvil and mortal sword. You'll be fine. Uh, I did not get that vibe. Sure. Interesting. Interesting take on the scene though. I don't know. I I mean, I feel like everything is, is so up in the air. I feel like, and it, look, it could be true, AJ. Yeah, I could be right. Um, so let's just say I'm right and we'll move past it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, we never call it out, but I'm going to call it out here because I always feel weird just like slotting it in. It's time to talk about the Kachanja Mall. The Kachanja Mall. There you go. There was the stinger. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, you don't have to sing it, Josh. I've, I've got it. You Thank have. You. Wait, have you not heard that? Uh, I heard it the very first time because okay, I think you put it on YouTube. Okay, cool. Uh, I, don't, um, I mean, it's uh, anyway, whatever. You sent it in a way. I've never yeah, listened to the podcast, yeah. so I couldn't have heard it that way. Yeah. Do you know what I'm really excited about? I was just thinking about some upcoming storylines you guys are going to read, and I'm just <laughs> excited for you guys to read them. So th- uh, that that's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm also excited now. Wow, thanks. Uh, I just wanted to share those good vibes because they're they're very unexpected and I think there's mm. plots you guys Well, now I'm expecting. No, yeah. I 
don't think you're expecting this. I don't think it's we're actually going to we're actually going to transition into a hive of bees, actually, and then it's going to interesting, be... <laughs> very avant garde, and it's going to be 20 million years ago, and we're going to follow them to becoming the Kachain Shamal, and that's that's going to be the rest of the books. And AJ, as as fucking dumb as that was, <laughs> could. It could be a pro- it could be an uh, uh, an epitaph, um, ep- whatever they're called. Epigraph, yeah. There it is. I think the real twist. You guys open up book ten. It's just a full on biography. Saltcore porn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Um, yeah. Sure, it's kind of an erotic biopic uh, <laughs> yeah, about yeah. Uh, Howard Hughes. So More like a bio dick pic, am I right? All right. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, uh, <laughs> sorry that this is the energy I brought to the show. No, but. it's good. The bio in that case stands for biological because it's a biological picture of a penis. Yes. Anyway, uh, I guess that'd be anatomical. Anyway, it's kind of postmodern. It's kind of yeah. <laughs> Jane Jamal are here and they're being attacked. And Kayla's like, don't worry, I've got these bros. And then these 14 Jaghut warriors show up and are like, yo, the Kachain Jamal are fucking dumb as shit. We'll go attack these guys though and you'll be fine Josh what did you think about this I thought this was one of the more badass scenes yeah. of the series so far yeah. if you were like Josh what would be a sick superpower you know I wouldn't have immediately said calling 14 dead uh, immortal warriors to my side <laughs> but in retrospect why would that not be my answer every time <laughs> so who are all incredibly angsty yeah she just, Elden Ring style rang the bell and then oh, they all just showed up it's really good. Yeah. Um, I did imagine all of them with like very dramatic cloaks. You oh, know? whoa. Interesting. Whenever I think of Jaghead, except for like Hood and Gothos, I imagine them like completely shirtless. Well, I've learned a lot about you right now. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a dream, I guess you would yeah. say. <laughs> for me, it's kind of like when I imagine them... I, you know, in terms of physique and overall aesthetic, I really go towards street sharks. That oh, is, that's good. That is the that is the vibe I get, which is yeah. That's yeah. the peak male form. Oh yeah, <laughs> even you may not you may not like it, but it's <laughs> you have to admit this is peak performance. You can't say it's not. <laughs> yeah, um, Pete, there's a little moment here that I that I really liked, and I'm curious if you grabbed onto it at all. Um, of Sogtarok looking at Gunthmok and Kalith and taking note of how Gunthmok is like contorting her body so that Kalith can be more comfortable on top of her. Did, mm. that, did that like ping anything for you at all? Because I thought that was a really, a really neat, uh, it conveyed a lot in, in one like sentence. You mean from like a characterization point of view? <laughs> yeah. Characterizing who? Sogtrak or Gunthmok? Uh, Gunthmok, I would say. I don't know. I have a huge comment about that, but I will say I do think um, those little details go a long way. And I think... Uh, Erickson's very good at adding them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's just like a well-written line, whether it means anything or not, you know. Uh, like whether she later, it's like Gunthmox has severe back pain and can't run anymore. Uh, you know, I think that would be silly, but it, yeah, I don't know, it could happen. Um, moving on from these Kachain to another Kachain that gets ganked by Sin, uh, and she starts bleeding fire. Yeah, is that I didn't catch that this thing was a kachain, but not like I just thought it was a big snake. Yeah, I also thought it was a big snake, but the tour reread says Sin kills a dinosaur, which that's not the same though. Well, I wouldn't say a snake is a dinosaur. Yeah, but I also wouldn't say a dinosaur is a kachain, Jamal. Hmm. 
Well, Kachane Chamal is like a distinct humanoid is well Kachane Chamal is specific that's why I just said Kachane in the summary <laughs> well how would you know that Chamal is the root form of dinosaur because there's Kachane Naruk and Kachane all right uh, all right hey hey Link all right Mr. Etymology <laughs> what do you think of this Josh what do you think of this sin, sin and grub stuff there's 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 some tension between them they, they get into a little fight and they're they're different okay it's I don't care I find <laughs> it so hard to care about these two teens mm. because one maybe is a fire, you know, goddess, and the other one's a fucking weird boy. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. they may as well they may as well go to Professor Xavier's school for gifted shit. Like, they're, <laughs> what's what they are? And I just they feel so out of place. Yeah, and and but the, the, here's the problem, right? Is I really despise most of these. Like, hey, here's a pair of people you don't know much of, and they're mm. gonna go do a thing. I always start off not liking them, and by the end, I'm like, I would kill for them both. You know, sure. like, so I'm sure, like, by the end of this book, I will like them. But I just feel like, and Peter's not enjoying my train of thought right now, but <laughs> I just feel like I body language s- expert Josh Baker over here. Yeah, well, I'm. You can only roll your eyes so many times. So, um, <laughs> um, I just feel like I have not spent enough time with sin specifically to really feel invested and she's being kind of obnoxious right now Mm. so Mm. that's where i'm at with that yeah yeah josh what do you think about the the conversation they had about like what made them and they they kind of recall when they became weird kids (laughs) um I mean, that part was pretty funny. I'll give him that. I, I did like the self-referential stuff. I was pretty into it. <laughs> I, I just um, thought I just thought that stuff. I, I just call it out because I thought it was pretty interesting. Because there's not a lot of time where where that we spend with you know characters. We've done it a couple of times with like you know we got kind of some fiddler backstory stuff and you know some other yeah. backstory stuff. But like we don't do this a whole lot where we talk about like hey what happened in your past. But I it it never happens where it's like hey what happened in your past. Oh let me tell you about what happened in book four. You know like we have been there for those events. So I think that's just it's just yeah. interesting for for them to recall that stuff. I mean maybe it goes to show that maybe the author himself thought maybe the audience needed a bit of a refresher on these two. You know <laughs> I just do have to maybe. say I I, I, I was like oh, oh when wait a grub pause. was a, okay but pause i forgot actually pretty cool shit that maybe grub wasn't born and was just created mm. uh that shit's wild um however i do not know how much i trust sin <laughs> and i mean i'll tell you this i don't remember much from when i was you know pre yeah. three years old yeah so uh and i guess it would go a long way towards explaining the constant unexplained age of grub <laughs> so yeah yeah uh, Pete, did you have any feelings about, about this exchange between Sid and Grub? So I will give my thoughts and then I will share what I was doing whilst I was away. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I don't agree with anything Josh said. Um, and it's <laughs> completely wrong. Um, I missed a little bit of the follow up cause then I took my headphones off to do important work. Um, <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah. So time to share my thoughts. Um, Oh, Sorry. What's important work that, okay, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nice. Nice. Um, So according to my quick calculations, I believe all but book five have a rogue duo going somewhere to do a thing. Yes. (laughs) If I'm correct, I could be, I could be mistaken. I'm, I'm struggling about one. However, Lorne and, who yeah. Uno's yeah, Talon okay. go on a journey. Mm-hmm. So maybe. One's a maybe. Two, easy. Three, 
Can you remind me of two? Mappo and Acaria. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Three is another one I'm a little confused on. What do you think? It's I like, feel like it could be Silver Fox and Mive, maybe. Uh, no, they're in camp too much. My thought was maybe Tok. Like, he's a fog, yeah. but he's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're not a duo, but yeah, yeah. Tok is with our group that I don't seems know. completely. I feel, like, yeah. I feel like three is a maybe. Four, Troll, and. 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 What's his name? And, oh, no, yeah, no. What's, what's his duo? name? <laughs> oh, shit. I don't fucking remember. And. I have no idea what we're talking about here. Scrappy duos in the books. Onrak. Udinas. <laughs> Six. Oh, sorry. So that's five. That's four. Five. Yeah. I don't have one for five. Mm. I feel like this has gone on too long. What? Can, what's? What is the? What is the? What are we getting at? I'm just saying it's in almost all of them. I have no conclusion. I was just. I did the math. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad I got to the end there. Yeah. Um, there's one in six. I forget who it is. Um, I don't know. You, 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 Leoman you and Carsa. Le- play along at home. I don't know. Seven. There's uh, those two. They're out there. Um, yeah. 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 Who is it in seven? I forget. I feel like seven is all like the Udinas group. Well, see, that's, that's like- what I'm mixing up. Who is literally two people versus what I would consider like spiritually the hmm people are wandering a far distance to a thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then we're in the underground city and we do some Icarium ghost stuff. I have to admit, guys, every time we we go to the this group, I my brain turns to fuzz. I cannot grasp onto anything that happens in these chapters. Agreed. Or in these sections. Which feels unfortunate because it's Icarium stuff and Featherwitch stuff and, and they're like ghosts, which seems super interesting but every time we go down there something about the way it's written i guess maybe it's more like i don't know they're like ethereal beings so the writing is a little different and i just like can't grasp onto a thing Mm. it's like when the vague dream scene in one plot line but the whole time i I think (laughs) so yeah yeah bud yeah spot on but anyway so that's chapter 13 uh, hey, just quick thank you to all the patron people. We don't have any new ones because I did them when I recorded or when I edited the last episode. So thank you all so much for backing the show. Preach. Um, don't want to just quick slip in since we're in the business zone. Uh, we started Instagram. I don't know if AJ plugged, plugged it. Go follow it. India runs it. Yeah, I, I plugged it at the end of the last episode, but not everybody listens to the credits. So not uh, everyone listens to this either. You know, just- <laughs> True 10 very big book heads listened all the way through. Yeah, uh, it's it's just 10 very big books on Instagram. Uh, the link is in the show notes now, so you can head there too as well. Uh-huh. I, I've never skipped an ad in my life. I always <laughs> listen straight through the podcast ads out of respect. Straight through. Out of respect. <laughs> out of Josh respect. has put a sweater on. I had to slip in something more comfortable. Uh-oh. Wow. Naruto. Holy fucking shit, Josh. <laughs> What the? Why? Why do you own a Naruto Christmas sweater? Josh just rolled up in a Naruto what Christmas sweater. What is happening, buddy? Oh my God, Christ! Uh, uh, should we should we move on now? Uh, it, actually, when you're hearing this, um, hopefully, I, I'm I'm hoping to get it out by the end of this week that we're recording. So hopefully, uh, last week an Andor episode went up on the Patreon. Uh, Pete talking to our friend Nathan, who we've talked about uh, Star Trek with him. We've talked about the Willful Child books with him. uh, And he's also a Star Wars head. So Pete and Nate sat down, talked about Andor, uh, and that will be on the Patreon for just three dollars. Nice. So all that and uh, or that and everything else that we've ever put on the Patreon uh, for just three dollars. 
patreon.com slash 10 books. The link is in the show notes. Thank you so much. Let's move on. Chapter 14. Gaul of the Burned Tears orders the raids to stop. He talks with Vedith about Malazan's strategy and people using their brains. Vedith thinks about the truth that all soldiers and leaders share, and thinks that tyrants rise from the mob to repeat the past over and over again. Rava and Conquestor Avalt make it through the pass, but their company is not doing great. They set up camp. Shield Anvil Tanakalian tells Mortal Sword Krukava the Balkondo army is done, and that a captured scout has confirmed Galt's march to the capital. Tanakalian thinks about the weaving of the stories of heroes and the masks heroes must wear to do the things heroes must do. Gaul is preparing to parley with the Balkondoan king and a strange turtle-shelled Bargast. The Balkondoan queen, Abrastal, prepares to parley with Gaul, along with the Gilk Bargast warchief, Spax. She makes a joke about Tool, and Spax tells her what hobbling is. Good vibes. Gaul arrives, and they talk of the Everteen Legion, the Parish, and the Bone Hunters, before Gaul gives his demands, some food and water to allow them safe passage through the wastelands. Abrastal is surprised and agrees, but tells Gaul she will provide them with double the provisions and that what they will find beyond the wastelands is terrible beyond imagining. They agree to peace and will arrange a meeting with Tavor or Krukava. When Gaul leaves, Spax tells Abrastal that Gaul was right about the Malazans. Gaul returns to camp and orders the Burned Tears to pull back. News arrives that Vedith died due to an accident with his horse. Gaul's wife recalls Vedith playing with their son that died before he was seven. They talk of memories put away, loneliness, and motherhood. Tonight, they will eat together as a family. When you when you summarize these chapters, they really come out smaller. Than you. Like there's a lot less happens in them. And, than, and than anytime yes. I've ever read yes. these summaries, you're always like, "Wow, that's pretty short," and also really easy to understand. Really simple. Yeah, it really yeah, simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. straightforward <laughs> stuff. <laughs> So, Josh, that's me. I'm going to need you to help me here because anytime the Burn Tears or uh, the Bokondo army or any of the Malazan army stuff comes up in this book, it's similar to the Icarium stuff for me where it's just like. Vroom. So 
I don't know. I mean, this stuff's kind of straightforward now that I've summarized it and written it out. But like, what what did you what did you make of of this this Gaul stuff? And and we see a scene with Rava and Conquistador Vault kind of doing their goofy thing. And then this all leads to the parlay. What did you think of all the stuff before the parlay? Like, did you were, were you tuned into this or or what? Well, so if this was another fantasy series, mm. if this was any other like long fantasy series, I would I would really only be appreciating the comedy, right? As it is, I appreciate. <laughs> The comedy it's great this army th- this whole nation of fucking dimwits you yeah. know can't do anything right sure you know they're they're losing soldiers left and right they're led by a competent queen who's hampered by her incompetent king and all the noble people mm-hmm. very funny stuff and this was like even if this was a corporal butch and Bocalane thing i would i would only be focused on the comedy as it is this is main series malaz and book of the fallen and so underneath all of it is a constant sense of what bullshit like completely believable thing is going to completely fuck the good guys mm. and that it like it might not happen we might get through this in which case it's just been a fun romp and we've just seen we've seen our good guys you know flex off their skills <laughs> but that does not happen hardly ever in this series and so uh i that is kind of what's underneath of this the whole time i read it you know mm. you know gall is gonna get food and water yeah. from them yeah i think this queen's honorable but who's to say that that food and water isn't delivered by some corrupt person who uses it as a chance to poison uh, people. I don't know. We see, you know, that scene where we see, uh, 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 what are their names? Uh, Conquestor Avault and Rava. No, Rava. Rava and Avault. That, yeah. when, when, we, when we see that scene, you know, I, I to me, what I see is uh, someone who is not going to learn a lesson from this experience and who is likely to do something dirty and underhanded yeah. that our relatively noble good guys might not see coming. Like that's pretty much all I think about. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen, in which case I'll look back on this section fondly <laughs> as an example of these fucking dimwits don't know how to fight horse fighters and don't right. know how to march properly. Good stuff. But that's that would be a rare thing in this series. Yeah, I feel like... Rava and Avalt specifically, like there have been a couple of times where like we get, you know, silly leaders or silly soldiers or whatever, but like Rava and Avalt are like comically evil. You know what I mean? Yes. They're like, sure. like yes. twiddling their fingers together, like ooh, evil. Yeah. And so like, but in this world, even a silly evil person is still an evil person. So I think yeah, you're totally yeah, yeah. right where like they could just like be like, well, fuck it. We're going to do whatever we want because they're only thinking about their immediate surroundings and not any yeah, implications yeah, yeah. for any larger anything. Ever. Exactly. So yeah. which is. Um, and there is still the underlying, you know, thing with the shield anvil, you know, and not having told his mortal yeah. sword about what's <laughs> going on there. And I think that's going to have ramifications that I, I couldn't possibly figure out what they're going to be yet. But so that that's kind of what I think about throughout all of this. Yeah. Um, there's also the fact that there's Bargast here. And, you know, w- we know that the Bargast are on a path right now to possibly just fully betray their Malazan a- allies mm-hmm. um, if, if that's what this new war leader wants and so if this random bargast gets in touch with the main force there's every chance that they go hey you know i blah 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 blah, blah. they're going to be here to pick this up blah 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 ambush mm. I, I don't know shit like that could 100 percent happen yeah. out, and i would not be shocked at all do you feel like there's a world where rava and Avalt, tanakalian and the bargast all kind of converge at one event and it's just like an absolute shit show. Yeah. Well, if that happened, uh, it's a 50-50 that the good guys die or all the bad guys fuck up badly. Because that that is also a malice Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, part of me feels like this book being such a bummer, like 
these three groups could all these three you know uh, antagonistic forces could all come together and slip on a banana peel and like that's just the book trying to like lighten stuff up before we it's get tough to 10, though because but I don't know. it's tough though because to me like all of the quote unquote good guys mm-hmm. make it to Kalance, why would they be split up right now? I mm. understand why, like, I understand the logic of why they're split up, but, like, from a writing perspective, I don't know why I would have so many disparate things if there weren't going to be consequences to them being split up. Like, that's kind of mm. where I'm at with that. Yeah, because this doesn't really read as a story of people coming together. <laughs> I think you're right. No. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the main Malazan force is still so far. And maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe maybe the Bone Hunters are the ones that are going to be really screwed over by what has happened, what their allies have done. You know, mm. maybe maybe that's going to be the issue. They're going to show know. up and we'll everything's going to be burned to the ground. Yeah, we'll, and, we'll yeah. see. I mean, it is very rare that you murder and sack your way through the countryside of a country and then they're just like and here's your reward goodbye <laughs> yeah you know yeah so we'll see pete what do you what do you think about all this stuff uh up to the parlay yeah i agree with a ton of what you said that's why i was kind of just hanging back in uh, yeah vibe city well then um, i mean then, then let's move on to the to the parlay itself then what did you think about this conversation between abrastal and gall yeah it, it's interesting to have gall kind of step into a bigger position in this Mm -hmm. in this whole scene sequence you know they're also interrelated um so i enjoy that and i enjoy seeing this scene with him and um yeah i think that's what i'll say yeah (laughs) sure uh i won't ask you about any of the promises or anything and uh, to to, uh, i i guess i will add one other thing because i i I don't know how much more else i've say but i do think i really love the final scene in this chapter and Mm. i just think it's um i don't know hit hits me and makes me feel emotional i would say Mm -hmm. yeah the the whole i mean this whole chapter basically is just gall centric yeah. Um, it's gall time. Yeah. Which yeah. which I thought was interesting because, I mean, you know, typically when stories do something like that, they're like getting you prepared for them to die, um, you know. But in this case, for this chapter, at least, it just brings us to a pretty, you know, it's it's sad, but it's a very real kind of authentic, genuine like. Yeah. This dude's just having big feelings about his family and, you know, like what it means to be be a person. You know, I think that stuff is really nice. Yeah, 100 percent. And as someone who is uh, constantly filled with surges of emotion, uh, I, I could relate, you know? Yeah. Josh, was there anything in the parlay uh, specifically that you, you think is is worth touching on? I mean, I think it's it's a lot of just like kind of what we were talking about of just like kind of iffy vibes the whole time. And then we're like, yeah, we'll give you food and water. And then and then they leave. I mean, I think the only thing, you know, the biggest thing I have is that you do not set up a warrior queen with uh, an un uh, an unbeaten army <laughs> sure. under her control without that somehow coming into play. Maybe she goes with them off to fucking fight Clance. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she That'd said be that she's pretty she, sick. She said she's going to take them to the border, right? She said they'll take them to the border, but maybe farther. Yeah, so, so. May- maybe we get a cool Bacondo queen. That sounds great. How does this w- interact with her 14th fucking daughter on a boat with Shirkalau? I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we get that final scene with Gaul uh, in, in, the, in the camp, um, hearing about Vedith's death and, and thinking about uh, uh, these memories he put away of his, his young son that died um, mm-hmm. and, and thinking about how lonely he is and, and all that. I thought this was a really great piece of writing um, and it made me really emotional. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely. Some some great stuff. Some great stuff in there. And I feel like, I mean, this the this series is is a very emotional series in some ways. Um, and we see people in very, you know, in turmoil emotionally and mentally and et cetera. Um, but I feel like this moment between Gaul and his wife is so small. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and is just so real like thinking about it right now i'm getting emotional again um just because it is so like you can take away the rest of the the other 10 books or the other nine books and just have just this section and it is just like a very real uh bit about a man just reckoning with his past and stuff and 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 feeling lonely even though he has you know seven plus kids Mm -hmm. um and all this stuff just just a really great piece of writing a really great um meditation on what it means to be lonely and stuff i think it's really just really good so uh it's a shame india is in here uh but uh you know I-, I guess i feel moved to share that i have really been enjoying my reread of dust of dreams you mm-hmm. know i i think it is um i'm enjoying it more than my first time mm-hmm. and i was just curious to kind of check in with the two of you and how you are feeling half fit 60% of the way through the book or whatever. Yeah. I think um there's definitely a couple storylines that haven't hit for me yet. This kind of this Balcondo storyline hasn't really hit with me anytime we've read about it and then the the ghost group isn't really hitting with me for some reason. But I think by the end of this book I will be so hot on them because I feel like they're both they both feel like they're leading to big things and I mean we're approaching the the end of the series so hopefully that's true I guess. But I mean as of right now I'm having a great time reading this like every time i finish a chapter i'm like that was a pretty solid chapter like i haven't had one yet where i'm like uh except for that one <laughs> that was all the balcondo stuff uh mm. that i just could not latch on to mm-hmm. um but that i'm gonna say is more my fault than it is the content of the book or whatever so i'm, I'm having a really good time i think this is gonna end up near the top of my list at the at the end of this season at, le- at least i think it's gonna break top five Jaybird. I uh, I just think this book is doing a really, for me, a really good job of placing its cards on the table like one at a time. Mm. And I'm like really feeling the way that they are pacing this, the way that it is being paced and how much information is being shared. What, because of the pace that we read at <laughs> is awful and I hate it. But... <laughs> Every time I pick the book up, it really grabs me and I just want to get to the next. I want to get to the end to have any idea mm. what is happening. Yes, mm. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I think that the pacing of this book is is really good. Well, um, thanks for that. And uh, we'll have to ask India when she's on the show. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame India couldn't be with us today. I know she really wanted to be here. Um, so sorry about that. But I think we'll all be... Uh, back on the show for uh next episode and uh you'll hear from us then cool let us know what you think of the show at yeah 10 very uh, big bucks I'll, I'll i'll be back in the credits um when i uh, hold on wait this is a thing that i've wanted to do since i've hosted since i've we, we've done the rotating host so um you guys say goodbye here when i say come you say passion come passion and i will be right back with the credits in three two 
one hello everybody producer aj here at the end of the show thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast if you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes you can always email us 10 very big books at gmail.com tweet us at 10 very big books or you can head on over to discord bit.ly slash vbb discord that's capital v capital b capital b capital d discord that link will also be in our show notes thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on patreon if you'd like to financially support the show you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10 very big books that link also in the show notes and as always thank you so very much to dan gezrick for making our spectacular cover art you can follow him on twitter at a underscore w underscore dan g for flyers lottery tweets thank you as well to resident planner layout expert scout wilkinson for the special art she will be providing for this season you can follow her on twitter at twitter.com slash humble goat and of course the wonderful music in today's episode including the remixed intro and outro track is by the one the only amaranthan from his album simulant rain which you can find along with his other music on bandcamp.com links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on january 20th talking about dust of dreams chapters 14 and 15 i'll talk to you then and thank you so much for listening Chapter summary, no jutsu. Is that is that is that funny? Chapter summary. That was rough, AJ. What was that? No you jutsu. Said, that's a that's a Naruto thing. It's like a Naruto thing. Oh wow. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm not boned up on my Naruto knowledge. Boned up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's Love a that. phrase for perverts. Maybe uh, I, no, I have a I have an I have an ugly Christmas sweater party this weekend. And while we were in the mall today, we found that there's like a nerd store. Oh no! And Josh, uh, it, it was between this or a or a one piece sweater that just was Luffy's fucking face, and mm. I'm. I was really close to getting that mm-hmm. one, but Josh, what sucks is I was enjoying not knowing and just living with the knowledge that uh, you that Josh, you're just the type of person who owns a Naruto sweater. I'm excited because I mean, however, it's a good however, Josh, I am actually not sad because that's the world we've entered now. Because three years from now, will you have that sweater? Yes. Will you wear it again? One hundred percent. So well, because I was, I was looking for a sweater. Done. You just, I was looking for a sweater Josh. that uh. I was looking for a sweater that I was like, what's a sweater that I will own for the next decade of Christmas parties mm-hmm. that I will be okay with explaining? And it's this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, it's gonna be a problem for next year when Tara throw our, Tara and I throw our Naru no uh, sweater <laughs> Christmas <laughs> party where you're not allowed to wear Naruto paraphernalia. So all I'm right, well, well, I got well, bad well, news. Is Boruto allowed? Is that is am I good to speak <laughs> oh, in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the younger generation, <laughs> if I come in and say this is actually Naruto as a Hokage, oh. therefore from the Boruto series. Interesting. Look, right. buddy, I got bad news. I'm gonna be there. Believe it. Yes. Okay. Here we go. We ended the bit.